Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. It's Brad Ebert from Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, you with MJ, and welcome to another of the 50 most relevant podcasts today. We venture into the 20s for our first time this year, and at number 29... It's Moses himself of the AFL. I'm talking about Cade Simpson, the Blues veteran. And you know what? I like getting guys on from the panel uh, and friends of the coaches panel that go for teams uh, of these teams. because I feel like you get a completely unbiased opinion, said no one ever. Joining me on the line to talk all things Kate Simpson, i got the Rain Man. Hello, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, going well, MJ. I am a big fan of Simo, and I think it's really active that last year the Simpsons TV show celebrated their 30th year anniversary, <laughs> and I think Kate Simpson did too. He's pretty close to it, 30 years at AFL. Look, you know, he is reliable. He is consistent. He is durable. And this dude just keeps finding a way to get it done. Even at 34, he's given us one of his best fantasy football seasons from last year. A 131 in AFL fantasy was his top score for the year against West Coast. And then Supercoach, yeah, against a team he may or may not play in round one this year. Richmond, his best score of the year, 150. For his average 95.2 95.2 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, and a huge 105 in Supercoach. He is not going to come cheap for you in 2019, but it's money worth spending, that is for sure. 570300 in Supercoach, just a couple of thousand dollars off 700000 in Fantasy, and $682,200 in Dream Team. When you look at Cape Simpson and his fantasy career, you could just keep saying he finds a way to get it done year after year after year after year he finds a way to get it done doesn't he rayman he seems to be one of the safest 90 plus defenders that we've had not just for the past few years but even as we venture into 2019 yeah spot on mj he just he just finds a way and you know i think for the last three or four years we've been waiting for him to drop and many coaches have been burnt because he hasn't yeah yeah, we, we keep looking for it. We go, okay, he's into his 30s. It, it, it's going to happen. But you look at last year, he increased his super coach average off what was already pretty solid in the end of 2017, a, a 93.9. He bumped that up uh, 12 points per game up to a 105. Just moment, the year before that, it was a 106. So he and super coach, you have got to go back to the year 2008 for the last time that he did not average over 90. Just looking into the numbers last year for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team coaches, 10 tons, eight of them over 110. For Supercoach, 10 tons again, but only one of them was under 110. So not only is he durable, not only does he have a pretty decent fantasy basement, he's got a ceiling that many fantasy defenders struggle to keep up with. Yeah, I think that's bang on. You've talked about his reliability. He's missed, missed six games in 13 years. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I, I don't even know what to say about that. I think the best thing that happened to Simo this year was really unfortunate for fantasy coaches was Sam Doherty going down again. Because yeah. what we actually saw is you just talked about his numbers last year. That was on the back of no Sam Doherty. Yeah. And if you look at the comparison between 2017 and 2018, his 2018 was significantly better across all formats. Um, 
the Blues are going to need him. The Blues are going to struggle. The Blues are going to get lots of goals kicked on. The ball's going to be in defence a lot. They need a cool hand, Luke, in the back line and cage them in. Yeah, well, that's the fascinating thing, isn't it? As, as crazy as it is to say about a 34-year-old for a team that's developing a, a group of youngsters, there is fundamental that need for him not just to be the cool head, but to give wisdom, to keep educating these young, both key defenders, but also how they structure up the systems, the way they play the game. He's very much that on-field coach as well as the you know defensive six general for the side. Uh, he's probably still the best user of the ball by foot um, inside that defensive 50 unit, and he's going to be so keenly relied upon um, to be able to get them out of trouble time and time again. And as much as Carlton fans can be, you know, buoyant about, you know, some of the recruits they've had in their side and some of the draft selections over the past couple of years. And yeah, you could you probably say that things are starting to turn, but it's probably a slower turn, Rain Man, than probably most Carlton fans would probably like. But at least you can feel like there's some light at the end of the tunnel with the midfield group and the tools that they're building. Absolutely. And I think it's really relevant you talk about how he's a good user of the ball. His disposal efficiency is at 76%. Which mm. is, you know, if, if you look at defenders, defenders generally have good disposal efficiency, but anyone above that, apart from the, the ex-Colton, Zach Tui, are tall defenders yeah. who get a little bit of the ball. Cade Simpson's running at 76% um, percent disposal efficiency with around 25 disposals a game. You know, And I think the important thing about his, him is he doesn't have a limited score build. He builds his score in a variety of areas. He actually has the most intercept possessions at Colton as well. Yeah. And not only is he running off, is he coming off the wing, his metres gained, 435, 473 metres gained on average last year, uh, which is just phenomenal. So he's intercepting, he's taking the kick-ins, he's getting that ball, he's running up the wing, he's pumping long, and he's doing it aged 103. <laughs> <laughs> he just finds a way to keep getting it done, doesn't he? And, and then you probably add on top of that, it's been something that really up until there was confirmation from champion data, I intentionally didn't talk about what impact the kick-in rule would or wouldn't have. It would kind of, in, in one regards, make some players that we were speculating on and some of these commentary about them um, almost null and void until we knew. At least we knew, you know, with the no hands in the back rule or the 6-6-6 format, we could at least speculate. But now that we have confirmation from champion data that any possession by foot once a player is outside of the goal square, that counts as a disposal. Anytime you handball the ball as a defender um, after a behind, even if you're inside the square, it counts as a traditional handball. What is good news for Cade Simpson owners and potentially others, and we'll no doubt do plenty of episodes and content about this here at the coaches panel, is last year he led the Carlton Football Club. Uh, around about 35 36% of the kickouts of Carlton were handled by Cade Simpson. And half of those he played on. So he's not going to get a, a super crazy points jump from that. But he is certainly going to, like I think a lot of defenders that do be the first point out you know, of, of a behind, they're going to get some form of a points bump. Whether he chooses to run the ball out and then dispose by hand or foot, I still think there's even potential growth on Cade Simpson. Yeah, I agree. And I think he has both strings to his bow as well, MJ. He can do that, but he can also play that chip out, get the ball back, which we know he's yeah. a master of the plus six as well. So 
I think it actually benefits him. I think he does get a, a slight score bump. I don't think it'll be as significant as no, some of the other players. That's right. Um, but it, the, the good thing about him as well is we start to talk around who are the number one defenders this year, and the same names crop up. It's probably the big three. It's Laird, it's Lloyd, and it's Lockie, yeah. the three elves. Uh, nobody's talking about Kate because then, you know, the, the other guys that are, are getting talked about are your Witherdens, your Blakeleys, and your Sicilies. Yeah. And probably a sprinkling of others. And poor old man Cade Simpson doesn't even get thought of. But if you look at his numbers, he averaged his percentage of hundreds. He ran at 48% of every game uh, of, of his game to a hundreds. That's the same as Jake Lloyd. Yeah. We don't think about that, right? We think about Lloyd and the ceiling that he has. But old Mr. Consistency just gets it done. And if you're looking for a point of difference, he's a good place to get it because everyone's going to go vanilla in the back line is my feel. Hundred percent. You know, someone is going to have um, Lloyd or Laird, one of those two, if not both. No matter the format you play, even if you're looking for value in an AFL fantasy backline, you're going to need an anchor to to kind of build your side around through there. Yep, Sicily's going to be hugely popular and understandably so. Lockie, um, there's an episode that was just done a few days ago with myself and Ben as we talked about Zach Williams in the 50 most relevant. While I still think Lockie's going to be one of the best defenders, there is some question marks about what impact will happen as I believe he moves up the ground, back onto the wing, and maybe not so much a part of the defensive unit. Still be a top six, top ten defender, but maybe not pick up some of the bump of these new rules that guys that do the kick-out will be. I think when you start looking for reasons not to select Cade Simpson, it feels like a really weak list. Sometimes you can build a really compelling case with stats and data and information, and, and you go, yeah, 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 it's, it's really easy why, why I'm not going to start Cade Simpson. The only reason you're not choosing to look at Cade either as a starting squad or an upgrade target is purely because you're ranking guys like a Lloyd and a Laird higher and then maybe you're just sprinkling it with some of the mid-price defenders and stepping stones that we've spoken about already in the 50, like a Robertson, like a Brody Smith, like maybe a Pierce Hanley, forget his body right. Because there's not really a justifiable reason that makes sense. He's still inside their best 22 players comfortably. He's shown even in his mid-30s, he's not declining anytime soon, such as his preparation there's no obvious sign of decline because he's bumped his scores up last year. And Carlton's not the kind of club and Simo's not the kind of player. I'm keen on your thoughts on this as a, as a Carlton supporter. I don't feel like, even though the club is rebuilding, that they're going to tell one of the most valued, um, faithful players that they've had uh, you know, during a difficult season of the club's history to say, mate, we want you to retire so we can play the kids midway through the year. I, I don't see that happening. No, I completely agree. He's the heart and soul of the club, MJ. You talk around, he's in their best 22. There's Paddy Cripps, and then Kate Simpson makes up the other 21 players. It's really <laughs> that simple. And, you know, I think he's, he's the on-field leader. They've got a young list. They've got a young back line that is starting to develop. He's the general out of there. And they're, they're not going to change that. That's why they've got some of these young guys, whether it be a Newman or a Williamson or a Lockie O'Brien or even a Marchbank, starting to control that back line, they're learning off Kate. Yes. So as much exposure as he's got out on the field, watching 
and learning off him is what they need to do. Yeah, look, the, the, the probably the only, like we've talked about, the main reason you're choosing to pass on him until after his buy, if at all, is the people he shares the buy round with is Rory Laird from Adelaide and Lockie Whitfield from GWS. Gold Coast, probably the most relevant defender there. And again, it's if he can get his body right, would would be a Pierce Handley. From a Richmond perspective, it, probably a Jaden Short, maybe Alex Rance for Supercoach. Uh, depending on how clubs choose to structure their way and navigate their way through potentially, you know, some defensive structures. Maybe Brandon Ellis can kind of, you know, kind of chunk up a bit of the ball with transition footy for North Melbourne. Maybe it's a Luke McDonald, but there's too many question marks to seriously entertain them outside of a draft. So the only reason you're probably not starting Simpson is for your buy structure, rightly or wrongly, you think Whitfield, Laird and Simpson may be too heavy to start off with, which I don't think it is, by the way. Yeah, and I think starting is a really relevant lead-in as well, MJ. As we know, the blockbuster round one has been for the last five or so years, Richmond Carlton. Now, Cade loves those games. His last uh, five scores in the first game of the year, this is Dream Team, read 129, 126, 118, 97 and 96. And on the top of that, they always play at the MCG. Cade loves the space there. Mm. Across the last three years, he's only ever gone under 80 twice at the MCG. So, for me, I think if, you, if you're thinking, Cade, you've got to uh, back yourself in and you're starting. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely true. And, and the fact that he will be unique is a massive thing for you because you don't just want to get a guy that's unique for the heck of it. It's got to be, I believe he's got the capacity to match, if not outscore others um, that are more well-owned. And Simo's got that potential. And then you throw in the fact that he will never be tagged. Whereas you can't say that about Lockie. You can't say that about Sicily. You can't say that about Laird. But you can comfortably say that about Simpson. Sides will not be shutting down Cade Simpson. They will have their hands full with Patrick Cripps. That they won't even be thinking about a defensive tag on Cade Simpson because the ball's going to be spending so much time inside, you know, unfortunately for Carlton fans, still so much time inside that defensive 50 for them. It's not going to save them a game by tagging Cade Simpson. Yeah, exactly right. The teams aren't going to win a game by tagging Cade Simpson. No, you're not. They're going to win a game, unfortunately, because they're playing Carlton. Yeah. Um, So that means... He's the perfect fantasy player as far as I'm concerned. Yep. All ticks in my book. Um, I like it. Whether you choose to start him or upgrade him is maybe a matter of personal preference, and that's fine. But he must be in serious consideration. And if you need something different in your side, Simo is the guy across every single format. Let's talk drafts. Where does he go? Because we've alluded to a couple of days ago, uh, I believe we were talking about Josh Dunkley when it comes to drafts while they're different players. You alluded to the fact that maybe defenders this year are going to get a bit more of a bump because of these new rules where those that take the kick in now have access to a disposal, potentially, that is now going to count to their fantasy score that probably wasn't previously. How early do we go with him? Because he is probably going to go as a defensive one position. Yeah, I think he, I think he slides in, Jay. I think the, the popular people we've talked about all across this podcast, the big three, plus the Witherdens, the Blakeleys, the Sicilies, and potentially with the rule changes, someone like a Shannon Hearn comes yeah. in contention. And I think people are going to react 
on those rule changes really early uh, without actually considering it. So I think he can slide a fair bit. If you if you land him as D2, wow. you know, well done you. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there is potential because I think the load-up is on those big defenders early. People will then start to move on, you know, third and fourth midfielders and potentially a forward. Um, he, he could go, you know, fifth or sixth round. Wow. You could be picking up a Cade Simpson. Uh, that that may not huge. happen, but, no. but it absolutely could. And you're right. Every draft is unique. The amount of players on, on side is unique. The, the scoring formats are unique. And, and some just don't strategize and keep a, a, a fluid strategy in the midst of a draft. They they start to see Devon and Menegola and Heaney and Dunkley and Danger run off the board. And they're like, oh, crap, I'm running out of forwards. I, I, I better go and get myself you know, a Toby Green and and lock in and jump in way earlier than they should and they're missing a, a very likely 100 defender candidate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you completely right there. And I think it's an interesting one for a keeper's league because yeah. he is, you know, 105 years old. It really depends on where you are because he still has this year and I think possibly next year in him. Wow. Um, and next year he probably eases back a little bit and they start to transition him out and he becomes more of that assistant coachy kind of think of a Luke Hodge kind of role mm. um, but I think if you're in contention and he's available just risk it for the biscuit and, and have have a flutter on him straight away not too much to get him back but he could really be the difference between you finishing fourth or taking out your league this year yeah and conversely if you're not in contention and you own Cade Simpson hold him hold him make him sweat because I can't see the drop off coming I can't see the slowdown coming. And as coaches get more and more in contention, 100 defenders, you might be able to jag someone that's going to play for your keeper league side for the next 8 to 10 years and be a gun, and you're giving away a guy that may only have 5 to 25 games of footy left in him. Agreed. I like Cade Simpson. That is for short. Maybe he's too low in your view. Maybe you're like, no, he's not even in the top six. Love to get your thoughts. You can have your thoughts uh, across all of the social media channels of the coaches panel at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, Rob, Rain Man, Rainbird, the legend, we appreciate your thoughts today chatting Cade Simpson. Always happy to chat a blue. I thought you might be. That is for sure. I wonder if there's any more blues coming up in the 50 most relevant. If you want to go and check back the players that have been revealed so far, they're at coachespanel.tv. The articles are there. And you can go and check the corresponding podcast via however you're consuming this podcast episode right now. You can support the Coaches Panel by leaving a five-star review, uh, however you're getting podcasts, as well as pledge and join our Patreon. Get some exclusive content and early access to these 50 most relevant podcasts. Getting close to the halfway marker, and there are still plenty more surprises of who does and doesn't make my 50 most relevant. 